another exciting episode at the movies with Scorpio Moon and myself, Angel Espino, a.k.a. The Jackal. I'm, of course, a uh, podcaster over the last uh, 10 years, and uh, I've done everything from uh, paranormal to conspiracy theories, hey, even entertainment. You can find all my work over on angelspino.com, and with me, as always, is the one and only Scorpio Moon. Hey guys, I'm Scorpio Moon, also bringing slightly over 10 years of experience, mostly in the comic book and movie-related review industry, podcasts, websites, radio shows, you name it, I've done it. Also feel encouraged to check out Nerd Certified, my recently launched little side channel. With that, let me uh, once again stress to everybody watching, please check out the uh, page, hit the subscribe button, notification, and give us that old finger that we love, the thumbs up. And if you have any comments, leave them below. With that said, let's get on with the show. Uh, I guess I'm not in the mood today. Mood? Yeah. What's mood to do with it? You fight when the necessity arises, no matter the mood. Now fight! See you found the mood. So, this week we're looking at what I think are some of the biggest movies of 2021. One of them definitely being Dune. The Dune franchise, definitely another sacred cow type thing. You know, the Dune books have a very, very strong, loyal following. We've already seen them reinterpreted in the David Lynch movie. There was the TV series. You know, there's a couple of versions out there, so I guess it was time to take another crack at Dune. I've got to say, first of all, this movie is beautiful. You know, you see that trailer and you think to yourself, wow, what a great-looking science fiction movie. And it definitely lives up to that. You know, not just in the costumes and the settings, but the the way that they portray some of these science fiction, science fiction aspects and technologies. It looks really, really good. That's probably one of the most positive things I have to say about this movie. The, the sad thing is that, quite frankly, Dune is a little boring, long story short. And I, I don't want to say too many negative things about it because I want more movies like this. The great thing about this Dune movie is that it is willing to take its time. You know, it's smart, patient science fiction that's trying to tell you a story, but it's not trying to cram the entire book series into one movie. Maybe that was the knock against is that they didn't do it much. You know, people felt like there wasn't enough story to it. And then it kind of leads it off or leaves it off when it's, you know, just warming up. But, you know, that's the thing that I like about it is they took their time. They wanted to tell us a story. You know, it was thoughtful, interesting, engaged in science fiction that was more about just punching the bad guy. I really want more movies like this. But I got to admit, there's just the story just. It's an interesting story, but it doesn't engage you enough. There's not enough really happening in the movie to pull you in. It feels every minute of its runtime, and it's just, it's good, I think, objectively, but it's just really not that fun. You know, I had a, a similar experience with this movie, and I think you probably ended up liking it a little bit more than I did. I haven't uh, read the entire Dune book. I've read parts of it, uh, but the book is, you know, very detailed. And uh, I will say this much, um, this movie does feel like it has a two and a three 
coming. You know, like it, there's definitely a, a feel like they left it off for sequels. And that's a problem because every movie should stand alone, even if it's going to have sequels. Uh, I think, you know, like, for example, Star Wars and New Hope. Uh, it's episode four. Of course, they didn't know that when they shot it originally. But Lucas did have a nine-part series in mind, even going into that movie. So at some point, I'm sure it crossed his mind that he was going to do more if it was successful. Uh, but if you never got Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, you could watch Any Hope and still enjoy that movie. Dune feels too much like it's expecting you to wait for the sequels, and it is very boring. Now, with the other uh, Dune movies that we've had in the past, uh, the Frank Darabont's, uh, you know, take on it, uh, Children of Dune, you know, this is not the first remake, but I do hope it's the last remake, uh, because Dune really, for cinematic purposes, just does not work. Now, if this was a streaming series with nine parts uh, a season, then I think it would work, because this is a story that is too grand for theaters. It's too big. Technology nowadays allows you to make these kind of stories into streaming films in the streaming series. So I think that is the real proper home for Dune. The cast is fine. It's a beautiful movie, but it's like watching two turtle races going on at the same time. And you're like, when is the action going to hit? That's it. You know, and it's just, it takes way too long to get there. Uh, again, the cast is fine. I had no issues with that. Oscar Isaac and everybody else who's involved uh, did a decent job in their roles. But it just was not really what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be fast-paced. Considering it's a two-hour, you know, flick, I thought they at least were going to try to make it as exciting as possible. And they really don't. Uh, for me, it filled in every aspect completely. Now, I I would say this is probably one of the uh, biggest letdown of 2021 mm. for me because I really had high expectations for this film. I would give it about a C minus. Uh, my personal take on it. Uh, what was your take, Scorpio? B minus. B minus. I mean, it really ain't bad. It does so many things right. And I think, like you said, there's the rubs that the source material is very, very detailed probably one of the hardest things to try and adapt to a movie at all yeah yeah i really like i said i had uh issues with uh, the fact that they once again failed to understand that a movie needs to stand on its own and uh, they they i think expected the audience a little bit too much to figure out that there's going to be more in this story and they just didn't get to the meat of the matter quick enough. And when again, when you think they're about to do something exciting, nothing happens. And then at the end, you're left with, that's it? That's all? And, you know, and then the credits hit. So very disappointed on that for myself. So uh, C minus for me, B minus for you, and that is Dune. Before we move on, though, please, though, Jack, let me ask, I mean, don't you hmm. want more like this, like a movie that takes its time, especially a science fiction movie, to, to give you the backstory, to fill you in on the politics, to explain the technology? I think in a lot of ways, well, it, I kind of failed. I mean, I think it was brave to make a science fiction movie like this and not to give in to some of the other temptations. I agree in that sense, but you could still speed it up a little bit, make it a little bit more exciting and uh, have a little bit of, uh, you know, a first act 
second act and a conclusion third act this movie has no second or third act it's one long dragged out first act and then when you get into the second act it ends and that's the problem that i had it didn't feel like a complete movie it just felt like they were trying a little too hard to be too different uh it, you know that's where really it failed for me and now i do agree that the politics of uh, certain sci-fi movies fail sometimes to live up to because they're not really like explained well but look on a much lower budget i saw a movie this week which was a lot better than dune the movie extinction and that was uh made for streaming and it was about two hours hour and 40 minutes something around on there uh and it's about uh mars uh you know humans that live on mars they come back to earth to take out the planet uh the planet's inhabitants which are not humans anymore they're cyborgs because the cyborgs drove the humans out of the planet years before when they became ai and within the first 20 minutes you understand there's something different's going on in the second act you pretty much know what's happening in the third act everything is revealed and they leave it open for possible sequels it does everything right that dune does wrong and it's a beautifully shot movie with a quarter of the budget so the technology is there the story for dune is there but they still fail to give you a proper movie that could stand on its own and still have sequels coming out so i mean there's really no excuse at this point well hey there you go you snuck in an extra movie review there technically four for the price of three this week guys there you go (laughs) now with that said let's uh, move on to our next flick all the explanation you need No, 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 whoa, no. Whoa. what do you mean, no? You wanted this, you did this, this was your idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a test, an experiment. An experiment? You put me in a tiny mold, left me to bang my head till I nearly lost my searching for you as an experiment. This can't be real. And here we go again. Another popular franchise being revived. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone really was clamoring for another Matrix movie. You know, the first three told a pretty complete story. So I have to admit, going into it, I was very negative. Especially as I watched the first half hour of this or so. You know, what you see getting into it is a lot of those wink, wink, nod, nod, in-jokes. You know, I still know Kung Fu. You know, how many lines can we revisit How many scenes can we basically recreate? (laughs) You know, you get a lot of that, and that made me very, very nervous going into it at first. An interesting quirk, though, uh, I guess a lot of of this came from the director. Is is something she was trying to do there. Like, a lot of the in-jokes are, like, really very meta, almost self-deprecating. You know, she actually jokes about how, you know, for example, in the movie... Um, Neo starts out, he's, he's back into the Matrix, he doesn't know a lot of things, and he's a video game producer. So in this world, you know, the Matrix is known as a video game series. And they're talking about, you know, bringing that dead horse back again. And there's all these jokes like, they're making a sequel to the original trilogy? And, you know, the director's going on about how, yes, and they're going to do it with or without your consent, whether you're involved or not. I think that was Lana, like, literally, like, kind of take a jab at the Hollywood industry there. So, you know, the in-jokes have a little bit, a little bit of venom to them, a little more spite, 
I don't think that necessarily makes it better, though. You know, that's kind of saying, it's kind of like, you know, when someone makes a joke, or they say, like, a really mean thing, like, no, no, I'm just kidding, it's just a joke, everyone knows me, I'm the asshole guy, I say these things. Like, yeah, but you're still just being a little too referential, wink, wink, nod, nod, like, it's not cute either way. So I don't let them off the hook for that. The surprising thing, though, is that this movie isn't a soft reboot. It's not a passing the torch kind of thing from the old to the new. It's got enough of its own things to say that it's not just a remake. It really does come off as a sequel. So I was actually very impressed with how much I did end up liking this movie. Once you get past some of the, the meta kind of stuff and actually get into the movie, you know, again, we don't do too heavy of spoilers on this show, but the thing I love about this movie that so many other movies of this ilk don't do or, you know, just ignores is they do give you the story. You know, they don't just say, somehow Palpatine's returned. You know, somehow the Matrix is back. You know, you actually find out why Neo and Trinity are back. You find out what happened after the war at the end of the third movie. You know, they don't ask you to go through all the mental gymnastics of filling in the blanks on your own, but like things like Force Awakens did, for example. You know, they actually give you the story, which just floored me. I was not expecting that. And that actually, again, we're not going to go too heavy into spoilers, but once you find out, you know, what's happened since the war, you know, it's very much this idea, a lot of my favorite franchises play with this, you know, like the Terminator or Mass Effect, you know, the idea of artificial intelligence arising and the conflict that ensues between AI and organic life after that. And, you know, what kind of, you know, conflicts come into play there. And it looks like there really is room in the Matrix world to, to actually revisit this. Um, you know, I've got an awful lot that I really want to say about this. So let me kind of stop myself right there and pass it to you, Jack. Let you get some words in before I take over the entire portion <laughs> of the Matrix view here. Well, I would say that this is a train wreck inside of a dumpster fire mm. on top of a snowy mountain covered with dog poop and whale's vomit. It was complete horror show, and not in a good way. Uh, look, if I wanted to see this movie, I could have watched, uh, for example, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. It takes a lot of concepts from that movie and incorporates it into this movie, where now we're in an alternate reality, which is in within real reality. Uh, like you said, you know, the, the movies originally were a video game, and they tell you the story, yeah, but it's now well told. Lana Wachowski completely failed in this. But what do you expect? I mean, the Wachowski siblings haven't had a good movie since the original Matrix. And they haven't had a good movie pre the original Matrix. Unless you're like Bound, which I wasn't a fan of. Uh, but I've never been a fan of the Wachowskis. Uh, the first Matrix borrowed from Terminator and other you know films and books before it. Uh, it actually completely stole some ideas from a, a book where they got sued on and everything. And, uh, you know, with that said, this movie just felt completely out of place. Like, this is the kind of movie that, for me, didn't need to get made. There's no need for it, no uh, fan call out for Matrix 4. Uh, in fact, uh, you can see it right in the box office results where people just weren't interested. Even if the movie sucked, which to me it did, uh, you would still see the first week be huge if the fans were there, you know, because they wanted to see this. They were expecting this for years. They were hyped. But there was no hype for this movie. If they would have left it as a trilogy, it would have worked better. In fact, the best trilogy, Scorpio, work in threes. Not in four, fives, or six. I think the, the Matrix was fine with three. 
did not need a part four. We don't need to see, you know, the Matrix go this woke. We're now talking about Trinity being really the one uh, with Neil being her second one because, uh, you know, now she flies, he can't. You know, there's a lot of things in this movie which just feel like an amateur did this. For example, they would have told me that some 14-year-old with autism did this, did this movie and not Lana Wachowski. I would have been like, that makes sense. That's what it feels like. It's it's a complete shit show. First curse word of the uh, <laughs> of the show for us, I think. But that's really what this was. And I really did not like this movie at all. I hated this movie, to be honest with you. Wow. In fact, I would give this the worst grade I've given any movie an F. Total wow. failure. Yeah. Wow. Total failure for me. <laughs> what would you give it? Uh before before I give my score, I think there's a little more to get into here. Um Okay. If we can play with this one a little bit. Um uh, be careful. I do believe that Neo was flying himself as well at the end of the movie. No, at no, the very, at the very, very complete... end of it, the last scene. She's holding on to him, and she's the one doing all the flying. He's like, don't drop me, Trinity. Whoa, you're totally flying. And like, it was just horrible. <laughs> out of just, the very, very last scene after they visit Neil Patrick Harris, I think they were both flying under their own power. The very, very last scene of the movie. We might have to revisit that. Not, not the point. Not the whole point, though. Um, you know, the whole thing between Neo and Trinity yeah, I mean, they, they they don't have to have the exact same skills. You know, they could be good at different things and still complete each other. But that's where the big focus of the movie was, was more on their love story. Really. But don't, don't you feel like this borrowed even from Force Awakens where they made them like a diatribe like Kylo Ren and Rey, where one needed the other to be complete? It's almost like Lana was, watched The Force Awakens and said, I have an idea for a fourth Matrix. We're going to make them a diatribe in the Matrix. It's a similar concept. It's a similar concept. I'll give you that. But I don't think it's so close that it comes off as stealing. You know, I think for the sake of the movie, it stands on its own. You know, the idea of Neo and Trinity, you know, their love story was from the very, very beginning. You know, the first movie, she knew he was the one because she was going to fall in love with him. So that kind of like destiny and their intertwined destiny, you know, that, that, that's, that's legitimate to me. You know, that yeah, but we, we, we got movie. two sequels out of that, and you know, with, with three movies, and at the end of the third one, it kind of brings their whole story arc to full circle, and you know, it's a satisfying ending to a bad movie because the third one was not that great either. But at least it gives you a satisfying ending to their storyline. This kind of like restarts it with now she's Tiffany, and not Trinity. And she has no memory. She's back in the Matrix. He's back in the Matrix. They really don't explain why they're both back in the Matrix. They just kind of are. And then you have this new guy playing uh, Morpheus. And he's playing him for last. He's goofy and he's jumping around. And he's not like Lawrence Fishburne who was serious, stoic. I mean, when Morpheus first comes to, to the screen in the very first movie, you're interested in this character. You're like, this guy's a badass. In this movie, you're like, this guy's a clown. And it's a completely, you know, different Morpheus, even though the guy does kind of look like a young Lawrence Fishburne. But it just, I mean, didn't you get that sense that where they're like, they went way too much in left field? This is how bad this movie is. Neil Patrick Harris is literally the best character in this movie. <laughs> oh, no, I don't do love his, his motivations in that. You know, I think, 
because you're you're bringing up some of my negatives here. I want to you know comment on that, but no, I think yeah, um, I think that yeah, a lot of the movie comes off as very cheap. You know, you've got this like struggle Morpheus, basically a poor man's Agent Smith. Like even like the the core the chore- choreography. You know, the the actual physical fighting in this has about all the choreography of a barroom brawl. You know, the Matrix is always very well known yep. for its excellent excellent fight scenes and. Well, the helicopter stuff and some of the special effects were great. The actual hand-to-hand combat was pretty weak in this. And it, a lot of it just looks like, you know, like a red box ripoff of a Matrix movie as it far does. as the style. It's not a very yeah. good-looking movie, but it does tell a very competent story. You know, whether it's Neil Patrick Harris's character or, you know, our new resistance there. You know, everyone has very clear motivations, very clear goals. We know what they are. We know why they conflict. One one thing, I, and I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with this, one thing that was missing was a true menace, a real bad guy. You know, in the original three, we had Agent Smith. And while there is an Agent Smith kind of like character in this, what we find out is a rewriting of the Agent Smith uh, code within the Matrix. It doesn't feel as menacing. There's never that moment where you feel like, oh, this guy is a badass, like Hugo Weaving's Agent Smith. And I think that's one of the main things missing here. There's no real threat, even though they're going after Neo and Trinity. Uh, there's no real, you know, clear bad guy in this movie. It's just, shit just kind of happens. Well, I mean, I know this probably is one part where I was left wanting a little bit more. You know, the, the story here is a very personal one, and the stakes are very personal. You know, it's all basically about Neo and Trinity. So if you're not overly invested in their love story, you know, if you think it's not even as good of a love story as Twilight, then it's going to be hard to get really engaged or feel, you know, feel the menace in the plot because it's mostly about them and trying to bring them back together and, you know, why that matters. Whereas, yeah, I probably would have liked to have seen a movie with larger stakes. You know, now that we know that the conflict between man and machine hasn't ended, the conflict has just evolved, which I thought was actually very smart. But now that we know that, you know, I'd like to see that on the larger scale. <laughs> and that's why it's so ironic. You know, I'm really looking forward to more of these now. You know, after after seeing this movie, you know, they should have called it Matrix Revisited, which is really more what it was, because it comes off like an epilogue, really. Yeah, you know, It's a sequel yeah. that we didn't really need. It's just kind of like, you know, touching on the world again. It's It's got enough of its own ideas to stand on its own, where I think some of these endless sequels really don't. But at the same time, it's kind of still almost like another, like, first in an entry, like Dune fell to you. Like, this movie kind of reloads the Matrix for you, resets the Matrix for you. And now it's like, okay, so what's going to happen in two or three? You've got everyone together. What will be the larger conflict that they're going to get pulled into? But, you know, after watching this movie again and, you know, seeing how absolutely scary it is to have all those, like, human bodies set up in the machines with all the tubes to be the human batteries. And, you know, seeing, like, the fun philosophical ways that you can play with all the concepts. Like, after being pulled in that world again, I'm, I'm really excited about it. There must be something about movies that come out around Christmas. You know, Rise of Skywalker, for example, really, like rekindled my love for star wars and this movie's actually really rekindled my love for the matrix series i'm ready for two and three bring it on i give this movie a very solid b plus wow that's uh shocking considering how bad i thought this movie was i don't think we're going to get uh, many more entries even though they were talking about a trilogy uh coming up here but this movie bombed so badly at the box office i don't know if warner brothers is going to go down the rabbit hole again for our five and six uh it's not profitable i mean this movie uh, is going to end up losing a lot of money uh, i don't even think it's going to clear 40 million domestically 
overall, which is really bad. I mean, the last one at least cleared a hundred million. Uh, so for this one not to even get to that is very disappointing for the franchise. And I think this might be telling that why Lily Wachowski did not want to be involved in this movie. Um, maybe uh, she saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what, I I will pass. Like, this movie feels as part of one of the dialogue in the film where, uh, where I, I forget which character said it, but where they're talking about how uh, Warner Brothers wanted to make a fourth <laughs> Matrix movie, but they didn't want uh, you know to do it without the Wachowskis, and the Wachowski, Lana Wachowski said finally, I'll do it. So nobody else does it. it, it that's kind of what it feels like. Like she was kind of forced into this thing, not wanting to make another Matrix movie. At that point, I think they should have just not made another Matrix movie because no matter what you did with the Wachowskis, they're not great directors. And this movie shows that when you take one of the directors out, it really didn't work. At least for me, it didn't work. Uh, you know, I've I've known a, a few people uh, in the last uh, couple of days that you know this movie has been around now for over a week or two, and I've talked to a few people, and uh, maybe one or two like yourself liked it enough to give it a decent passing grade. But the universal thought of this movie is that it was just a dumpster fire. I mean, they really should not have made this movie at all. Uh, maybe they'll bring Lily Wachowski and Lana Wachowski together and uh, they'll make five and six. But after watching the box office results, I just, I don't see it happening. It just, it was that bad. Which is weird because The Matrix was so big. I mean, when that franchise first came out, everyone was black trench coats and sunglasses and I know Kung Fu and, you know, like reenacting and cosplaying. Like The Matrix was like, movie of a generation like that was a really yeah. really big thing and yeah no and it's so weird because usually i'm the first one to you know shit all over these endless sequels and remakes and reboots and such and such but i think this one just felt so fresh to me because it wasn't a soft reboot and it wasn't a passing the torch and it was probably i think one of the best of these revisits or bringbacks of any franchise that i've seen over the past couple of years I remember 90, 1999 when uh, the first one came out, George Lucas even said that when The Phantom Menace came out, uh, he was kind of surprised that the fan reaction was kind of lukewarm to it. But then he realized that the audience maybe had moved on and were more into things like The Matrix than they were into Star Wars, for example, uh, which at that date, it made sense. And The Matrix Part 1 was a generational type movie in fact if they never made reloaded or they never made uh resurrections or or, or anything after that i think it would have been just fine the first matrix alone tells the entire story and like i was saying with dune it tells a story that could have sequels but it could be a standalone film i could watch that first movie without a problem and never watch the next two or three and have no issues whatsoever enjoying what i saw hell the Animatrix did a very good job of telling good stories compared to this to this film. So there you go. That's my uh, hot take for the for the show. The Animatrix was better than the Matrix Resurrection. <laughs> and I think Matrix Resurrection was better than the second or third sequels. I think it's the next best one after the original. Well, we uh, I guess we uh, agree to disagree. On this one, <laughs> farthest apart we've been on two movies yet, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I gave it an F, and you said what is it? B minus, B plus, 
B plus. Oh, well, there you go. B plus and an F for total failure. Now with that, let's get to the third flick. Here we go. You should definitely go. Is that a Glock in your pocket? No. What? It's two Glocks. Oh. So at long last, we finally get to see Free Guy. You know, I remember catching the trailer for Free Guy a long, long, long time ago. And then obviously due to current events and such, Free Guy was one of those movies that just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back (laughs) to the point where I wondered if we might ever actually see this darn thing. And there's been a lot of movies that that's happened to that, you know, finally came out this year. And the tough thing with a lot of those is, you know, after so much time, after so much buildup, it's hard to say, okay, is this still going to live up to it? Is it still going to be worth the wait? In the case of Free Guy, though, I have to say that, yes, it absolutely is. And Free Guy, I think, is just about the most complete movie I've seen this year. You know, as far as every aspect of filmmaking, everything that you look for in a movie, Free Guy really does it all and does it in such an interesting way. Um, you know, they say that, you know, there's only so many stories you can actually tell. And, you know, everything is kind of a variation on, you know, those couple of main themes and how you can just tell them in different ways. And you can look at that here and you can see, like, when they tell their story, like, I mean, there's there's shades of Pleasant in here, uh, shades of Groundhog Day a little bit, shades of the Truman Show. You know, it really is a lot more than this video game concept. Like, it it plays with so many other ways of telling, you know, stories about, like, say, like a guy finding himself or... You know, someone learning about their individuality. There's a bit of a love story going on in here. But, you know, doing it in a very, very fun way. You know, you know it, it, it earns its PG-13 rating. They drop an F-bomb or two, and there's a couple of little lewd things in it. But in all honesty, this free guy is as much as probably market as, like, you know, the next nerd thing. Like, it really comes off as, like, a fun Disney family film in so many ways. You know, there's, there's a lot of, like, heartwarming, touching things here. Um, You know, the movie's not too overly deep or complicated but you know this is another one that plays with the idea of artificial intelligence a little bit and it actually does get a little heady in some ways you know which gives the movie some some real real stakes when they start putting these characters in danger so you know after waiting so long to see this yeah i've got to say it was worth the wait free guy is a really good movie i have to agree 100 percent. i love this movie in fact this is one of my top five films of the year and I'll tell you, I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, as you you know, aware of. I love his films, Deadpool and uh, Six Feet Under, Underground, uh, Buried. You know, he's done a lot of really good movies, both comedic-wise and uh, action-oriented. Uh, they could have called this movie Two Guys, a Pizza, and a Video Game, <laughs> for all I care. Uh, this was a fantastic film. And unlike The Matrix, it tells a complete story from beginning to the end, and uh, leaves you with wanting more. But if it's a standalone movie, hey, it's all good. Uh, Ryan Reynolds nails the performance in this in every way, even when he's the big, bulky, muscular guy. I mean, he is just an absolute hysterical actor to, to watch on film. 
And I love uh, like the way he brings to life the character. And once you see the first 20 minutes of the movie, the first act completely immerses you into the storyline. And then the second act and the third act play off perfectly like a video game. And I think the the fact that he becomes self-aware of what's going on without having to be told what he is really multiple times, it kind of helps because he starts to notice, wait a second, what's going on? You know, and he starts to kind of like get the grasp, but not everything is rosy and pleasant, though. And uh, like you said, the movie just, it's a lot of fun. It completely takes you off your feet. It sweeps you off your feet. Has a nice love story in between the entire thing. And you I wasn't expecting that part of it. It also has a buddy cop type of feel to it with him and the security guard. I mean, there's just so many different layers and aspects of this movie, which work beautifully. And while there is a couple of, like, you know, curse words here or there, it actually was a lot cleaner than I would expect it to be. There's, there, there could have been some scenes there. They could have just dropped F-bomb after F-bomb, but they didn't. Because they know families are going to take their kids and stuff because it is, after all, you know, kind of video game-ish because it's in a video game. And uh, I think the aspect of what they did with this movie was just brilliant. And I don't want to give spoilers on this, but the end of what the entire, you know, plot is really based on, I thought was brilliantly done. The writing is exceptionally well put together for a comedy sci-fi film, which doesn't take itself too seriously. I think Free Guy really nailed it out of the park for me. So I would, Totally love to see sequels. Uh, I hope that Ryan Reynolds keeps this level of work up because if he does, he's going to have a lot more blockbuster movies like this and a lot less like RIPD, which failed to uh, live up to uh, it's, uh, his standard that he's putting together. He's a, a really good actor, and I really like the fact that he's starting to finally get noticed outside of Deadpool for being a good actor. Uh, for, uh, you know, the last few years now, there's been that running joke that he could only do Deadpool. That's his big hit. But now we see that with Free Guy, hey, he's actually he's an actor who could have another hit film. And uh, I hope to see more like this from uh, Ryan Reynolds. Love this movie. It got an A for me. Nice, nice. Yeah, the, the, one of the great things about this movie is, you know, I'm always a big fan of a nice elevator pitch. Yes. You know, like, tell me the sentence, what it's about. Yeah. And so many movies, you know, they, they kind of abandon their central premise pretty quick once the movie becomes something about something else. Yep. This movie, it didn't abandon its central premise. It rose above it. Correct. Which yep. is something I really, really liked about that. Um, You know, it wasn't overly gimmicky. You know, I mean, don't get wrong, it used its gimmick. It's really fun seeing all the references like podcasting and, you know, video streaming and game streaming and stuff like that. It, it played, It played in that world pretty well, and there's... There's a very obvious scene, you guys will know what we're talking about when you get to it, where they do some uh, some funny things relating to Ryan Reynolds and other superheroes towards mm-hmm. the end of the movie. There's <laughs> there's a couple of gags in there. Normally I find that kind of referential crap just to be fan-wank and, and stupid, but this this one this one got me. I was like, oh, yeah. that's funny, I see what you did there, and Ryan Reynolds, I think, even winks at the camera to kind of sell it. Yep. While they're doing it, no, that was really, really funny and actually. I, I thought that this was actually, you know what? Comparing it to like Ready Player One, I think this mm-hmm. one was a whole lot better uh, because it didn't take itself as serious, and it still played within the meta universe of video games. And I think that aspect of it is really what sells and works for this film. Uh, that was one of the issues I had with, with uh, Ready Player One, where it 
didn't quite live up to the expectations. I've read the book, and the book was fantastic, but the movie, that one, I didn't really like too much. But this movie just, it for me, it completely nailed it. It really did, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Um, you know, when I say this movie was complete, yeah. I don't just mean complete as in, like, it tells the full story, you know, A to B to C and doesn't leave you hanging. Like, you know, there's plenty of movies that, you know, can end on cliffhangers to do other things. But mm-hmm. when I say this movie is complete, like, it really is the total package. It checks yeah. every box and checks it well. I was very impressed. Yep. So I gave it an A. What was your final score? Solid A. Oh, there we go. Two A's for Mr. Ryan Reynolds. And uh, with that, let's hit up the final thoughts of the day. Ah, yeah. So my final thoughts. Jackal, I appreciate you keeping me in check today because in a lot of ways I was really tempted to just throw my artistic integrity out the window and be like, Dune, A+. plus, Loved it 100% just because I, like, I want more like thoughtful science fiction movies like that that are willing to take their time. And almost the same thing with The Matrix. Like, we finally have a you know legendary revisiting, whatever you call it, that to me was more than just a soft reboot and actually gave you something I enjoyed. So I also wanted to be like, Yo, A+, plus, yes, more like this, more like this. But I was able to dial it back, keep my artistic integrity for at least one more episode and and just give some solid reviews. So thanks for clicking, guys. Likewise, and I will say this, uh, please, no more Matrix. Enough with the Matrix. <laughs> I mean, 20 years have passed uh, since, uh, what, the last ones. I don't think we need a five and six. But, you know, this is Hollywood. It is Warner Brothers. They're going to milk that cow for all that green milk, kind of like in Star Wars, uh, you know, The Last Jedi, where Luke drinks the, the green milk. They're going to keep going for that titty. And uh, hopefully, uh, if they do another one, they bring both Wachowskis back and they work on the story a little bit better. Uh, But as far as movies that I really loved, Free Guy. That's the movie of the week for me. Again, love that movie. And, uh, man, I'm really disappointed by Dune. I was expecting a whole lot more. But with uh, my final thought, I will say this. If you have some free time to kill, Free Guys, your movie to watch. It's a hell of a thrill. Cheers. Ring that bell. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Hell of a show.